Hello, class. Hello, hello, class. How do I do a voice when I say it? What? How would I say? Hello, class. Should I be quiet? Hello, class. Come ha- in, class. Come in, class. Have a seat. Take a desk. <laughs> don't pull, break it. Pull up a piece of chalk. What? I don't know. They. What? They use the chalkboard. The kids each pull up a piece of chalk? <laughs> yeah, so that when they have to go do problems, they don't have to, like, take one of the chalks from over there. Hello, class, and welcome to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, episode nine, I think. I think it's nine, yes. I think. The last episode I edited, we talked, we said it was episode six the entire time, and then I, I went to go save it, and it was, oh, she's about to tell me I'm wrong, and then she knew the whole time. But I never- said seven, like, twice, and you're like, well, we're on episode six. And then I was like, I guess we're on episode six, because I thought you checked. No, we were sitting here and talking. It's episode nine now. It is episode nine. I have it written on my paper that is episode what nine. What a smart girl you are. Also, though... This is such a smart class that I have with me we're today. We're doing episodes 17 and 18 today. Yes. Spoiler alert. And we do two episodes. (laughs) Let's tell you how we've done our podcast. We've done two episodes per podcast. Yes. Which means that even if we get a little bit lost, we could just do a tiny bit of math and figure out where we're at because we do two episodes. I'm not doing math with a microphone on. I just did. We're doing 17, 18. We Uh do two episodes per episode. So this is episode five? No. (laughs) That was on purpose, and she looked at me like I was so serious. Like, what is my dumb fiance doing? Um, so, season one, episode seventeen. How was your day, Tanya? My We're day- not going to talk about what? our day. Our days are rough. <laughs> you know what? It's so, Monday. It's Monday. Let we can't just say it's Monday because a lot of times we're like, well, it's Wednesday. Um, our septic tank backed up, and I went to go fix it. It's happened before at this house. She's so embarrassed that I'm talking about no, this. I'm not at it all. It is what it is. And I tried to pull the filter out so that we could clean the filter. And uh, wouldn't you know it, <laughs> <laughs> the filter was all clogged up and got caught. And then when I tried to pull on it more, it fell into the bottom of the septic tank so that the filter broke. And it's really frustrating. Had to order a new filter. Hopefully everything is good in the meantime between now and then. Uh, If it's not, we'll know by the time this episode posts. Yeah, we'll be talking about how like our whole house is covered in poop or something Mm -hmm. next episode that we record. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all I, why don't we have like a Mr. Feeney who's always going, oh, let's read this book about we don't want one like the moment we our septic tank is in the front yard like it's in the front yard and everyone has to pass our house to get to their houses so she's insane um no what i'm saying is is that all of our neighbors like can see us working on our septic tank as it is we don't want someone to talk to us too i don't think you're following because you're too freaked out about this whole thing i am following you said mr feeney mr feeney uh-huh would be teaching us life lessons leading up to this point so that when this happened, we'd be like, oh, shit. This is like the story we're reading in class right now. Oh, I'm following now. So, episode 17? Yes. Do you remember what it's called? Yeah, I know what it's called. It's called The Fugitive. I know that because it's in my hand. Oh, okay. I have the Hulu blurb 
right here. Blurb it up. Uh, it first aired February 25th of 1994. Um, when Sean breaks the law, it's up to Corey to first hide him and then help him. What? So Sean's the fugitive. What? Sean? Sweet Sean is going to break the law? Uh, this is so shocking to me. This was written by Jeffrey C. Sherman and directed by David Trainer, Megan Trainer's dad. Oh, okay. Recurring bit. Yeah. Recurring writer or director, David Trainer. But not recurring writer, really. We haven't. Have we seen this person? Mm-mm. Jeffrey C. Sherman? I don't think so, but we didn't start tracking this until halfway through our season. That is true. Uh, so, uh, how did you feel about this episode? We're doing that now. And no, that the was end? a bad. That was a bad place to throw I that mean, in. I could tell you how I felt about it. And I was. It gave me uh, anxiety. <laughs> uh, so it starts with. Um, it was a dark and stormy night. Did you write that down? No. That's literally how the plot starts on this wiki. Page. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a dark and stormy night at the Matthews house, and Cordy is completely bored. Uh, he wanted to play basketball. But... Baseball. He wanted to go play baseball. You're right. He wanted to play baseball, and his dad gets home from work as he's trying to run out the front door, and it's like a midnight dark outside. Mm-hmm. It's not even just like, ooh, gloomy. It's like super dark. He's trying to go outside, and his dad's like, nope, can't do that. And it's doing that TV thunder. Not like real thunder, but it where it's like... Oh, yeah. You know what? I never even like put that together. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Do that again. <laughs> You really are a foley. No, I'm a bird. Deet, 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 deet. No. What else, what else can you be? Can you do a, a clip-clopping pony? <laughs> <laughs> that was a clip-clopping pony while it died. Um, okay. Anyway, so... Corey wants to go outside and he can't. He wants to go outside, he can't. So I think he goes uh, up to his room. Yeah. And he's like all bummed out. He wants to go outside. He shuts the door. (laughs) That's the thunder. It thunders, it lightnings, and it illuminates the face of a deranged psychopath standing in his bedroom. Wet-haired, long-haired, not really very tall. (laughs) (laughs) But taller than Corey, apparently. Taller than Corey, yes. I never realized how much taller than Corey he was until Mm -hmm. this episode. Um, And he's like, Corey, I did something really bad. I'm a fugitive. I'm a fugitive from the law. The FBI's after me. And he's like, are you going to help me? And Corey's like, yeah, of course I'm going to help you. He goes. And it's like, do, hell do, yeah, do, Sean. Do, 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 do. What? That's, that was the song. <laughs> uh, so is that when it cuts to the intro yes it like right after Corey's like yes i can't wait to help you i'm so having such a hard time remember what happened in this episode because all i can think about is trying to fix a septic tank <laughs> um so yeah he asks sean what happened what sean did and what did sean say sean he said he well he told a very drawn out story it's a very very melodramatic story about how he had this cherry bomb and this cherry bomb was just calling out to him sean light me sean light me really that can't be it he's just an asshole who wanted he, to light a cherry bomb and he looked down and he's it was... blaming the cherry bomb for his own mistake gosh she hates sean so much now 
It's so great. It's so liberating to hate him so much because, like, I felt trapped by my love for him for so long. It's so nice that you're not in love with that 13-year-old boy anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was in love with adult Sean, too. Mm, Okay. Uh, So, he throws the cherry bomb. Uh, he, He stops his bike at the... What's it called? The Handy Mart? What's the... It's... Um, something Market? Giant Market? Market oh, yeah. Market Giant. Market Giant. Market Giant, which is Market Corey's... Market Giant Safeway Wegmans. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is Corey's dad's. He goes, not my dad's. You blew up my dad's store? And he's like, I, I saw the mailbox outside of the store. And you I... blew up a U.S. postal box? Yeah, That's my Corey. That's good Corey. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah, he blew up the mailbox. The, the big blue mailbox yep. sitting outside the grocery store. And all of the mail caught on fire. I don't think that's how cherry bombs work, but we'll go with it. I think, though, like, it would blow up the paper. It definitely would ruin the mail. Yeah, and he didn't say that, like, there was a fire. It just said that the mailbox... I think he said flames poof- were shooting out. No, he said it poofed up. Mm, okay. Like, it, it poofed out. Okay. I watched it this morning. <laughs> oh, okay. I should have done that. Yeah, but you didn't. So what happened? We we watched it in the car yesterday because Alden is way better at remembering things. Sorry, I short-circuited. He's way better at remembering things if he listens to it while he's driving. So we listened to it in the car yesterday. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work for me as well. So I watched it this morning. So what happened next? So what happens next is Corey's like, all right change your clothes into my clothes i have to go down to dinner he mm-hmm. goes down to and dinner. sean wants food well duh, i mean he's not gonna starve so he's like i have to stay at your house i'm not going home and Corey's like okay cool i can act cool and calm and collected and sean's like oh god i'm gonna get caught we're gonna get caught if Corey goes down he starts like shoveling food into his mouth and like noises he's, are like, coming doing from like a, he's doing like a, a fake smile just plastered onto his face where he's like hi I had a great day. Did you have a great day? Yeah, and his eyes are like moving really, really fast back and forth. And and, uh, and he's yeah, he's piling up a plate full of extra food. He's like, and, I mean, I have to eat enough for two, but it's really just me. It's just one person. I'm just one person. And Alan goes, "You're grounded for two weeks." He's like, "What for what?" <laughs> and he said, "Because I don't know what you did yet, but." Based on the way you're acting, I'd say it's about two weeks worth of grounding, which is fantastic. I feel like we should do that sometimes. Yeah. Often, though, like, we'll say that, we'll, we've talked, we've said things like that before to each other, and then mm-hmm. it's like, that would be so unfair. What if they're not doing anything wrong at all? Mm-hmm. That's so scary. Like, I don't want them to be punished for nothing. Mm-hmm. Also, Corey didn't actually get grounded, but it was a funny joke. Yeah, and he really wasn't doing anything wrong, wrong, per se. Like, he, I think any kid would want to help their friend. Sure. Especially a friend who's making the biggest deal out of putting a cherry bomb in a mailbox. Mm-hmm. Like, he was being so dramatic. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, he goes to take the food upstairs, and... Sean complains that it's not that doesn't have ketchup well, on it. Well, he comes out, and he's wearing Corey's clothes. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you're built like a chimp. Okay, strike 648 for Sean. That was a stupid joke. And then Corey goes to give him food, and he's like, um, don't you guys know I like ketchup on my meatloaf? Uh, Corey's holding all the cards here. Like, he's holding Sean's life in his hands, and Sean is complaining about meatloaf. Are you kidding me? But then he's, uh, Corey says, 
Sean, the cherry bomb mailbox killer, once ketchup on his meatloaf. And it was my favorite part of this episode. That was your favorite part? Yes, I love it. It's all it. downhill from here then. <laughs> so then... This is when Eric comes in? Yeah, I think Eric comes in now. So Eric comes in and uh, tells Corey that he knows he has a secret. And Corey's like, <gasps> you know? And Eric's like, yeah, the noises, the extra food... You have a puppy up here. Mm-hmm. And Corey's like, I did have a puppy up here, but I let him go. It's <laughs> like, out a two-story window? He's like, oh, no, the puppy. So, was You're this right, your favorite that, part? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, golly. Uh, anyway, Eric ends up catching... Uh, Sean and realizes that it's Sean because Sean's making a bunch of noise for a guy who's trying, who's worried that Corey's going to give him away. He's well, like banging around. Well, like there's like this whole like almost merry-go-round going on because like Sean is hiding in the closet and then he goes and he hides in the bathroom when Eric comes in and then Amy and Morgan come in to the boys room and they're like, what are you doing in here? And Amy's like, oh, I have to give Morgan her bath and the other door to the bathroom is locked. And Corey's like, oh no, like you can't go in there or you, why would you need to give Morgan a bath or whatever? And he starts yelling like into the bathroom, like, I guess you can give Morgan a bath. I guess that makes you a good mother. And then as they're going into the bathroom, Sean is climbing back in the window and Eric's like, the puppy's back. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's what happened. That is what happened. Um, so Eric starts to bribe Corey. He says, I don't want to know what Sean did and I don't want to know why he's here. Let's start talking bribe. So uh, after a few minutes of arguing, Corey admits or agrees to... Um, doing Eric's chores for the next five days or something. Yeah, I can't remember the amount of time. It actually doesn't even matter, really, because it, it just doesn't. Don't spoil it. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. Nothing else matters? Um, So, they they you, you cut to school, and Mr. Feeney's there. And would you believe that they happen to be in the middle of a story called The Telltale Heart? I love... I love this story so much. This, okay, so The Telltale Heart was probably my first experience with fictional horror. Not like, um, like the, the horrors of life before this for me were all like things that happen in real life. Like, um, war kind of horror and stuff like that, like in movies and everything. When my mom... Do you, do you keep saying horror? Horror. Mm, horror. H O R R O R. Horror. <laughs> Class. Um, when my mom read The Telltale Heart to us, it was life changing. My mom's actually a really good reader. And she read it to us, and I became obsessed with Edgar Allan Poe. Like, just obsessed. I read, like, everything I could find. I loved it so much. So. Yeah, that's my telltale heart anecdote. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> so this is your favorite episode of all time. Got it. Uh, so they happened to they. It wasn't that day that they were reading Telltale Heart. So this stuff wasn't going on right after 
Sean got caught with the mailbox in the in the study. Um, but they had started the uh, Telltale Heart at probably a day or two before. Right. So here, like, do you think Corey's being Truman showed? Like, because they started this story two days ago, and now Sean happens to blow up a mailbox and show up in his house because that makes for a better Truman show. Like, maybe Sean and Feeney were in on this together, and Feeney was like, "I need you to do. I need you to do something, Sean." Maybe Feeney's just like such a um, controlling serial killer that he planted this in Sean's mind. This is a really cool little. I'm Swerve you've taken, but I'm Hannibal. It's just there's only part of that that's sort of like probable. Mr. Feeney lives next door, so he is able to base his lessons around what is going on at the Matthews house. So, like, say this happened over the weekend, mm-hmm. if it happened like Saturday, Mr. Feeney knows about what happened and he sets up the lesson plan. Yeah, but they ha- they were in the middle of. This telltale heart. Yeah, I guess. I don't think they're being Truman showed, though. I think hey, it's just coincidental. Hello, Sean. I don't know if... Whoops. I dropped that cherry bomb that I took from another child. Where did it go? Where did it go? I must have run, rolled under a desk in my knees. I can't possibly fall under the desk it and look for like it. sounds like Feeney's trying to seduce Sean, so I'm going to have to ask you to stop <laughs> now. Okay, so we'll revisit that. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, we won't. Um... Uh, so yeah, Corey's worried uh, because now he's he's heard the story of the Telltale Heart and bum 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 bum. He feels it in his chest and he can hear it. Yeah, and he thinks like that he's um, gonna give away Sean and what he like where he is and what he did because of his own fear. But during all of this though, too, people are talking to Corey about like, well, you know, have you heard anything from him? Obviously, you guys have been like attached to the hip your whole lives like you have to have heard from him or something and he's like oh no nope not me i didn't hear anything um and he's like giving direct coordinates of where the mailbox is and they're like uh you know something mm-hmm. and so mr feeney gives like a little speech about like what he would say to sean if sean were around and then um cory goes home that uh that afternoon after Amy is like vacuuming and singing and she sings some like old like 1930s or 1940s song and it's been in my head for like two days straight her singing it and it's awful um but she's like vacuuming and as she's vacuuming she's like hitting Sean who's just laying under the bed Mm -hmm. and uh, Corey walks in the room and as he's walking in the room, he's like talking to Sean. He's so dumb. And his mom is in his room. Mm-hmm. And he's she's like, what? Who? What were you looking for? Well, because she didn't know that she was hitting him with the vacuum. She knew. So, yeah. And then she says, oh, I noticed what you did with your closet. Or no, she says, I know what you I know what you did. And he's like, what? You do? And she, like, walks over to the closet. And Corey doesn't know where Sean is hiding right mm-hmm. now. He just came home from school. And Amy opens the closet. And she's like, you organized your closet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Like, it, it just cleaned itself. Yeah. Um. So 
She leaves. Sean comes out. Corey says, you clean my closet? And he was like, well, I had to do something. I've been in here all day. What did you expect me to do? Um, and then Alan comes in. Yeah, Alan comes in. and Sean dives back under the, the bed. Yeah, and Alan sits at the end of the bed. And he's, you know, talking to Corey about, like, you know, I've talked to Sean's parents and they don't understand why he just doesn't come home. And, like, yeah, me too, dude. Like, why didn't he just go home? What kind of abusive parents does he have that he thinks he's going to get, like, killed for this? It's ridiculous that he just didn't go home. Like, it's one thing to be worried that you're going to end up in juvie or something. It's another thing to just be like, I'm not going home. Isn't it addressed in a later episode that his dad might be a little violent? I... I think it is. We'll, we'll revisit I, that in the future as well. I, I'm thinking, and maybe we'll be proven wrong, but I think there's a lot of disconnect between Sean's story in the first oh, season so much. and Sean's story later. So much shit changes between season one and season two. I can't wait to f- try to figure that out in season two and figure out this whole Feeny murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Feeny murder mystery. That's exactly... Did he murder somebody... That's a child? I don't think so. Unless it's... <laughs> what if? <laughs> so, so the class is pretty much the four of them. <laughs> and then the rest of the class changes every episode. <laughs> what if he's murdering <laughs> 26 children a week? <laughs> That's... And they're be just... They're Why just are we being, laughing about this? They're just being replaced. This is what happens when your septic tank fails. You laugh about children being murdered. It's just... Oh, God. <laughs> Such a buzzkill. Um, so sorry. So, while Alan's having this conversation with Corey, he's literally jumping on the bed going, like, if any, if this were to happen to you, you know what I would want, or, Corey? And Corey's like, no, what? And he jumps on the bed and he says, I just want you to be home. And we'd deal with it, and you'd be in trouble. And then he jumps on the bed again. But at least you'd be home. Yeah, and Corey's like, I would be home. I'm a homer. I'm a come homer. Don't worry. I would come home. And uh, Alan leaves, and Sean, like, drags his beat-up body Mm -hmm. out from under the bed. He's been hit with vacuums and Alan's butt. What? What, like... What kind of trust did Alan have to have in the bed that he bought? <laughs> because if he had jumped on that bed and it broke, then he's the Feeny murderer. It's so he wasn't murdering Feeny; he was he's, murdering Sean. He's Feeny's team up murderer. Mm, yeah, co co murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, and that could if we did that on our bed right now, we, it would collapse. Yeah. Exactly. If so, there were children under our bed, right, the second they'd be dead. Yeah, so just Alan had to have known, like, this is a badass bed. Also, though, like, he really did hurt him. What if he had just, like, bounced, like, one smidge harder and, like, his skull had caved in? Oh, but I'm dark for saying Feeney murdered 26 children. You're talking about 26 <laughs> children. I'm talking about Sean Hunter. Uh, I don't remember what. What happened that made... Well, I mean, they had this conversation. 
Corey tried to say, tell Sean that he was going to talk to them? Or Yeah, Corey's like, I'm going to go and tell my dad. I'm going to mm-hmm. go get my dad right now. Because if my dad talks to your dad, then he's like, you're hearing my dad say these things about being understanding. Like, if my dad talks to your dad, your dad's going to understand and it's all going to be fine. And Sean just, like, disappears yeah. right Cor- out the window. Corey turns around. Sean jumped out the window where they dropped the dog. Uh, so, more importantly here, I don't understand. Maybe I missed it. Corey knows where Sean went. Like, Sean ran to the school and hid in under Mr. Feeney's desk. Yes. I, I think, because they don't explain this. Yeah. So, Mr. Feeney walks in to hide a body and finds Sean there. Why is Mr. Feeney there in, in the middle of the night, first off? Um, but then Corey comes in. So, like... Corey knew that he was there. Mr. Feeney knew to meet up with Sean there because he planted this whole seed and he made this whole thing happen with his suicide or uh, serial killer brain. I have some things to explain to you once we finish with the plot of the show. Okay. Um, but one, it makes it sound like Corey gets a phone call because mm-hmm. Sean says, did you bring the stuff I asked you to bring? Oh, yeah. So... In that moment, it makes That's it true. sound like he got to the school and he was like, look, please don't, like, this is serious. Do not call my parents, but please bring me these things. Mm-hmm. So Corey throws the bag at him and Sean's like, thank you, thank you, opens it up. There's nothing inside. And he's like, okay, there's nothing. Did you bring me money? And Corey's like, no. And he's like, can I use your bike? And he's like, no. Yeah, be- before this all happened, I guess I skipped over it. Alan talks to Corey and says, I used to... I used to have a friend, too. I was the Sean Hunter. Uh, and luckily, I had a friend that steered me onto the right side of the path. Um, I had a friend like you. Right. So I feel like you know what to do, and you just need to do it, which right. is very sweet. It's very sweet. And it's, I think, um, being, especially as a kid, being reassured that your instincts are right mm-hmm. is empowering. Being told, like, I can tell that you want to do this thing that you feel like is right. I agree with you. I think that's right. I'm going to affirm this. And like you doing this would be great. Mm -hmm. Just hearing that, having someone stand in solidarity with you is an empowering thing. And I think that's all it took for Corey to be like, nope, this isn't happening anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're at the school and Corey isn't helping him. In the way that Sean wants. He's helping him, but just not in the way that Sean wants him to. And uh, Sean goes, all right, just let me borrow your bike. And Corey's like, I don't have my bike. Oh, and Sean goes, well, how did you get here? And he's like, your parents brought me. So Corey called Sean's parents and had his parents bring him. So um, they agreed that no matter how long he was going to be grounded for or whatever, that Corey was still going to be his friend at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and because Sean says like, what happens if I'm grounded till I'm an adult? And he was like, well, then I'll see you when we're 18 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, from here, do we cut to the, a month later? Yeah. Yeah, we cut to a month later. Um, they're all sitting around the living room except for Sean. But then all of a sudden, Corey's like, oh, what's today's date? At 
five o'clock in the afternoon. At five o'clock in the afternoon. What's today's date? And they tell him and he's like, yes. And then the door bursts open and Sean comes in. They do like their handshake thing and everybody's using electronics. Everything is great. And then the power goes out. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I swear I paid the bill a month ago. And Amy's like, on the day of the cherry bomb. And Sean's like, I gotta go and runs out. Yeah, because uh, Alan, yeah, Alan put 26 bills in that mailbox and they all got blown up. That's awful. What if he used money orders? If he used money orders, he can't even get that money back. Hopefully he didn't use money orders. Okay, so here's the common thread, the common denominator in yes. the whole episode. Uh-huh. Mr. Feeney lives next door. He saw Sean climb in the window the first time. Mm -hmm. He called Amy and Alan and said, hey, Sean climbed in your window, just letting you know you've got an extra kid there. Mm -hmm. Then when Sean climbed out the window, Mr. Feeney could see where he was going. He followed him? Yes. Okay. What about the telltale heart thing? The telltale heart thing. They started reading it two days earlier? He has really good intuition. He's a murderer. It's coincidence. Kills kids. Coincidence. He does not kill kids. If he killed kids, why didn't he ever kill Corey? Because. Why did he never kill Sean? Because they were his project. That's why he only taught them. Because he knew they were the only ones that he was going to be around for the next 16 years. What about when Angela shows up? What made him not kill her? Sean. Wait, and who's Angela? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so is that it for this episode? Well, it is, but... Uh, did you learn anything from this for, episode? Well, TGIF, thank God it's Feeney. What did we learn from this episode? Um, Mr. Feeney, he was a murderer. That's just, <laughs> that's what I learned. Um, he had a, a lot of good wisdom. He did that thing where, like, if there's even a, the smallest tear in this canvas... Oh, the whole yeah. thing will rip. That was a weird thing. It was a little bit weird because it didn't really Fit. directly relate. Uh-uh. Uh, but it was smart. It bought him time, though. It did buy him time. And then Sean said, um, are you going to turn me in? And Mr. Feeney said, I'm not going to have to. And then he walked out and Corey walked in. Yeah. Th- it really makes me think that... He's a killer? He's a murderer? No. That oh. he saw Sean climb out the window and he followed him to the school. With a canvas bag? The At- canvas was in the classroom, <laughs> which was why Mr. Feeney was going to the classroom in the first place. Is he Wait, I thought he was following. the weekend. I thought he was following Sean. At BMGMBMW on Twitter, if you want to let me know that I'm right. Or... That I'm right. You because want to let her know that she's right. I- Sometimes I'm right. That's true. Sometimes you are. Uh, did you? What did you learn from TGIF? Thank God it's Feeney. Uh, it's a segment that we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really know that I learned a lot from Feeney. Yeah, it wasn't. This time. It's more like, thank God it's Alan, because I feel like we learn more from Alan. TGIA. Um, yeah. w- what about a Morganism, though? Did you have any Morganisms? I got a Morganism. I thought I did have a Morganism. I got a Morganism. Okay, go. So when they were all discussing the fact that they knew the whole time that Sean was up there, um, Corey's like, you knew? How did you know? And um, I think it's, uh, I don't remember who says it, but Morgan basically goes, 
Yeah, you said a puppy was in your room? Nobody's naive enough to believe that. Oh, yeah. And then Eric's like, I liked the puppy theory. (laughs) Yeah, because he believed it. That was a good... It was a sick burn on Eric, and she didn't even know. It was very... Yeah, it was very sick and burny. Yes, sick and burny. Yep. Um, Yeah, I think that's it for, for now. Yeah, should we take a quick commercial break? Quick commercial break and probably tuck our kids in. Uh, That's a very good idea. Uh, Because it is bedtime for them and break time for us. We'll be right back, but you're just going to hear a commercial because we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Crayola, scented crayons. That's what we have here for you today. There's lots of scents. There's green. What kind of scents? Green grass. Green grass? It'll make you sneeze. What about orange? (laughs) What about orange? Orange? We have orange. It smells like an orange peel. We also have strawberry. It smells like strawberry. Don't eat it. Don't eat the brown one either. Yes, sir. Why is this? Why does this crayon taste like chocolate? Don't eat the crayon. I'm hungry. Don't eat it. They smell so good, it makes you want to eat it. I just threw up a child. (laughs) I'm a monster. (laughs) A crayon eating monster. Stop laughing, it's commercial. Sell the crayons. Buy these crayons, don't eat them though. Tanya jumped when I did the song. <laughs> she thought I was going to hurt her with my music. <laughs> Welcome back. What just happened? We tucked the kids in and then we came back and we're ready <laughs> to record again. Oh, thank you. Thank you, literal Larry. Uh, we're back. Um, got any cool stories to tell before we cut back into the episode? What's episode 18 called? Episode 18 is It's a Wonderful Night. It's a plan. It's a wonderful life, but it's not. Huh. It's wonderful life. Huh. Okay. Uh, so, uh, do you do you have a blurb? You got, I you do. Got this your is blurb? like I don't know if I can call this one a blurb. It's very long. Tanya's blurb. It it's not so blurby. Blurbia. This Bl- ton blurb. Ton. You can't make Blon- a ship a ship name with me and blurb. Blonyerb. Nope. Blonyerb. Go ahead. Blonyerb. Okay, when Amy and Alan go out for an evening, Mr. Feeney is unexpectedly called upon to police Corey and Eric's individual devilish schemes. And then what happens? That's the blurb. This originally aired on March 11th, 1994, written by Susan Estelle Jansen, and directed by old favorite Megan Trainer's dad, David Trainer. It's just going to be like... He's on a double shift here. It's going to be like canon that you this is Megan, Megan Trainer's dad. And if we find out that he's actually Megan Trainer's dad, I will lose my shit. Why haven't we Googled this yet? Because we I don't talk about know. it every single week. I don't want to know. I don't want my heart to be broken again. Good point. By Megan Trainer. <laughs> uh, it's a wonder- yeah, the last time it was so rough. It's a Wonderful Night. It's the 18th episode of season one. And the 18th episode overall. I still love that every episode. I'm going to be really sad when we get to season two. And it's like, and this we're is the only 20- four Boy Meets World episodes away. Let's just start the beginning again. Season one, episode one, the pilot. 
I don't think we should do that. Okay. So, while at lunch, Sean brings a movie to Corey. And he a says, videotape. we're all set for the big uh, babysit uh, I don't remember. What okay, so <laughs> Amy and Alan are going out. They have a pimply babysitter that comes to watch them. The way they talk about pimply people is ridiculous. They're just like, she's just going to be in the bathroom popping her zits the entire time. And we're going to watch this movie. And Sean brings the movie out. And it's Barney's Big Adventure. And Corey's like, what? Yeah, that's what he's like. What? And then... Sean goes, no, 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 no. And he opens it up and it's called like Head Explosion. Yeah, it's Head some Exploder weird six. name, but it's really, it's Stumpy's Revenge. Yeah, Head Exploder 6, Stumpy's Revenge. Uh, and Corey's like, I thought he died in the last one. And Sean goes, yeah, that's why he's getting his revenge. Crayola. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, you saw that commercial too? What commercial? The Crayola commercial. No, I just got crayons. At the store. You really? Color picture, yeah. What kind of crayons are they? They're uh, tasted... <laughs> tasted crayons. <laughs> One of them tastes like chocolate. Um, <laughs> so Judy's supposed to be the, the babysitter. Um, oh, you know what? Are you having trouble with your Wikipedia? I'm not just having trouble with it. All of the other ones have been like long explanations of what happens in the episode. This is nothing. Like you know what's cool though, a lot happens in this episode, and we can talk about it without Wikipedia. It's fine. What happens? So <laughs> Corey goes home, and he goes to show Eric this video, and he's like, "We're all set for tonight." And he shows Eric the video, and Eric's like, "You're gonna watch Barney." Spoiler alert: It ends at Z. Is what yeah, he said. No, the it's like Barney's ABCs. He's like, yeah. "Spoiler alert." It ends with C. Oh, is that what he said? Yeah. Well, I didn't catch that. I thought he was saying Z. <laughs> no. Oh, well. Damn, Eric. The dumbening of Eric Matthews. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So Eric's talking about how, no, I'm not going to hang out with you and get you what you want. I'm going to go get my license. With my friends because I have made deposits in the trust bank of our parents. So they don't feel like they need to take me to get my license. That might have gone better. I'm going with Jason. Which was a bad idea. And his brother, so that we can go out with these two hot babes that already saw me as a lobster. Yeah, they were definitely the same awful model leech babes. Mm-hmm. Is that their nickname? Yeah, model. Model, model leech, leech babes. Babes. Yeah, so... Um, so Eric says he's going to go get that because he put deposits into the trust bank which is his way of telling Corey, like, you have to only mess up at the right moments. Yeah. And nothing too big, just enough so mom and dad know that they're doing their jobs, but not enough to where they think I can't handle anything. And Corey's like, my older brother's a genius. Which, like, it's not unsmart. Right. Unsmart. It's not. Right. Um, The trust bank is a real thing, and... I have three dollars in the trust bank right now. I don't. I don't know that I have anything in the trust bank. <laughs> Are we talking about our kids or our our banks with our parents? Because... I don't know anymore. Oh, let's not talk about our parents. They listen to this. They're one of our only fans. I don't think my mom does listen to this. Oh, okay. Well, then 
can light her up. (laughs) (laughs) I think she wants to eventually. I'm not completely positive that she knows how to listen to podcasts. She's listened to some of my old... No, she's watched your YouTube podcasts. Ah. She knows how to do YouTube. She does not know how to do... I see. My sister... Amy does not either. Like she, I, when you used to do hashtag dad pod, I had, I I had an episode on there and she was like, oh, I want to listen to that episode so bad. And I was like, well, then do it, weirdo. And she was like, I don't know how. Okay. (laughs) There's people who don't know how to listen. We have to teach them. We do have to teach them, but how are we going to teach them if they cannot find us? Good point. Uh, So Eric says, no, he's not going to do it. He's, he's convince mom and dad that he's trustworthy and he's going to go get his license anyway. Um, so from there, this is when they get a call, right? Alan, um, Alan and Amy are leaving. They've already left. Mm-hmm. Eric is home with all the kids mm-hmm. um, because Judy's supposed to show up at any moment, but they get a phone call. Ring, ring, ring. Judy has a skin emergency skin emergency and eric has to find a babysitter or he can't go on a date with these two babes so out the back door he runs to mr feeney's fence mm-hmm. mr feeney mr feeney i need a babysitter well what happened to judy she has a face emergency and mr feeney is like i would hate to see a face emergency on that her whole head would explode this is how they treat pimples uh-huh yes uh i don't know what to tell you it's awful. I have so many pimples. I felt attacked. You did. Holy shit. Um, blame Susan Estelle Jansen. Okay. Look, Susan, some of us drink sodas because we need to stay awake and it gives us pimples. Is just, is it our goal to have an, uh, a point in every episode where we try to work through Tanya's problems? No. How's being a middle child? It's fine. I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay, good. We learned. I haven't even thought about it for a whole week. Mr. Feeney helped her through that. Yep. Um, so he goes in and tries to bribe Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney, not even bribe. He says, uh, I, can't, I can't pay you, but I can do manual labor for you for... Two weeks, and Mr. Feeney's like three, yep. and he's like two, and Mr. Feeney's like five, and he's like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Mr. Feeney agrees to do it. Um, Eric goes out to get his license. Was this before or after he failed it? This was, this is after. So Eric went to go get his license. Yeah, and he fails. He fails. And I'm still confused as to what happened. There's something about a drunk guy directing him into the wrong spot or something. Yeah, it seems like maybe he drove the car before the instructor was in the car. Oh, maybe that's what it was. I kept trying to figure it out. Like, it wasn't making sense They didn't explain it well. Uh, They said that that there was a guy waving him forward, and he just pulled forward. And he said, I thought it was the driver instructor. And Jason goes, he was holding a can of beer. So, I don't know. That that equates to not getting your license, I guess. Definitely. So he failed. He came back. He was going to tell his parents. And Jason, like, cut him off. Because the phone rang. Mm-hmm. And it was the... the babes. The model leech babes mm-hmm. going, can't wait. I am going to wear a new dress tonight. I'm afraid it might be too short. And so they decide that no matter what, they're going on this date. 
Mm-hmm. So then, then, like, fast forward and... Well, then Alan comes in and, and goes, you know what, son, I'm proud of you. You earned it and tosses him the keys. And Eric's like, but dad, I... And then uh, yeah. Jason's like, yeah, thank you for the car. That's so nice of your dad, isn't it, Eric? Jason is as bad as Sean. Except. Except. That he didn't cherry bomb a mailbox. Except. He is a super nerd. Who probably never gets to go on dates unless the girls like Eric so much that they're going to go on dates. True. And Sean's been going on dates since kindergarten. Right. So Jason is like, oh my God, I'm going on a date with these girls. This has to happen. Like, yeah. I'm uh, a 16-year-old, 24-year-old, but I've never been on a real date with a hot girl. I'm, this has got to happen. So in that sense, I kind of understood him pushing. Now, uh, uh Eric has been on so many dates that he should have had the the willpower to go, oh, I don't care. Yeah, but like what? I'm really, really confused as to why at 16 years old, they were not afraid of driving without a driver's license. I don't know. If you had enough practice, I, if I didn't have my license at 16, I would have been just fine. Um, Eric got caught pulling out at the driving test. Listen, we all know how this is going to go. We all knew how this was going to go before the episode even started. So we're cutting to Feeney, who's sitting at Morgan's tea table. He's got necklaces on and dresses and like he's all decked out and he's having tea with Morgan. And she's like, wear the hat. And he's like, I will not wear the hat, Morgan. And she's like, it's you a bad have- Feeney impression. Then you do it. I'll not wear the hat, Morgan. And Morgan's like, wear the hat. I'll not wear the hat, Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And for some reason that's relevant. I can't remember why. Well, you said I would, I, I promised you I would draw the line at the earrings and the necklaces and you're still you still want more why are you being so spoiled you want more and that's not okay it's enough and you she need to stop being so spoiled starts and, m- crying yeah she just starts uh, crying and like puffs her lip out and he's like okay fine and he's wearing the hat now yeah um but he then has to go and get morgan's cake that had just finished in the kitchen mm-hmm. finished baking so he walks through he walks through the living room and in the living room Sean and Corey are watching Stumpy's Revenge or whatever it is and they're like switching back and forth as Mr. Feeney walks through they switch to like Animal Planet or something like that and Mm -hmm. he walks through and he's like oh good like I'm a really good babysitter Morgan's happy the boys are watching educational television and everything is great it's wonderful until they cut to Eric yes the very uncomfortable scene We'll get to that. Oh, the to girls? That? Yeah, the girls. Oh, my gosh. I uh, have stuff written about that. Okay. It's so bad. So Eric and Jason and the teenage hookers that are always with them. Well, look, that was sounded very sexist, and I apologize. But wait wait through this and get to where we're going with it. I'm, I'm all for, like, feminism and stuff. This is out of control. Yeah, we'll get to it. No one knows that yet. <sighs> Well, they know how bad they were with the lobster. That's true. But that was nothing. I don't. They. I wouldn't yeah, call them hookers were, for how they acted then. Yeah. So, 
they're at an impound lot because Eric's Eric got Alan's car towed on accident. Mm-hmm. We're not quite sure why he must have parked in a bad he did. spot. Because uh, Jason said, "Now you know, yellow curb bad, white curb good." Because he parked on a yellow. Oh curb. yeah, I for some reason I missed that. Yeah. Good listening. Thanks. Um, and they're trying to get the car out, and the guy's like, "I." Thank you for the money. That's great. But like you have to show me proof of residence on your driver's license. It has to match the registration. And he's like, oh, okay. well, I left my license at home. Mm -hmm. He was like, well, then you need to figure out how to go get it. Can someone bring it? Like he's not being a dick or anything. He's just doing his job completely. Mm -hmm. And he, he was really nice. And Eric's like, I can't. Can't you just give me my car back? And he's like, I can't just release a car to every teenage boy who walks in here. Mm-hmm. And then the girls. And then the girls, are they go, they say something. Oh, because the girls are going, well, we can just get a car. We got a sophomore with a Camaro who can come pick us up. And Eric's like, we don't care. Just go. We don't even, We now we know what you're like. And you. this is how you act when you can't get what you want. And you're just using everyone. And so the girls are like, you don't need us, huh? He's like, no, just go. So they climb up onto the desk of Ugh. this old man, not old man, but probably in, well into his 30s, early 40s. Yeah. Who's he's works, balding mm-hmm. and has like long hair. So like he's definitely like early 40s. He's just doing his job. And these girls are 15 or 16. Yes. And they get up on the table and they're like, you know. They're like, hey, can- hey, Tony with a Y. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend just really needs his car back. And I just, I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't get home by curfew. And they're like seducing him mm-hmm. with their voices. It's disgusting. Yeah. And he's even like, well, well uh, this, I guess that's the last time I'll see you. And they're like, maybe we'll come back one day. It was, it was bad. It and, was really and bad. Not- and I... I don't think that they handled him badly. Like, right. his reactions were not, like, too inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I've told you for a long time that I feel like girls are born with, like, this, like, manipulation gene. Well, you and hate girls. I don't, though. <laughs> okay. I really hate manipulation. Yeah. And I, I hate that for some reason, and especially I think I see it so ingrained in 90s television, is that girls manipulate so well, naturally it was a it was a trope in 90s television is that girls would do that and then also the like that men would always be mean to their wives and uh uh be the dumb dad and then wives would always be like well fine if you're not being nice then we're not having sex anymore yeah like yeah these are all things that were played up as normal things that i don't think were that normal but right but because it was on tv all the time it made it seem normal and yeah. maybe it maybe it made it happen more you know i don't know it's possible it's one of those things that again like i you know like i can't flirt to save my life <sighs> yeah I um i i can't manipulate not because i am better than anyone and i'm like ooh, i don't manipulate people it's just i don't You're bad at it yeah i don't yeah. know how i don't know how to be that person and so when i see it I, it just like turns my stomach and it's one of those things that i'm not sure i understand in other people mm-hmm. um but i can see it so clearly when it's happening 
more from women. I mean, you say that than but, from well, men. But we, if you were to, if we were to talk right now about the biggest manipulators we know, we would name three men. That's true. So I, I think maybe you're just. It's easier to see in the women because it's more obvious. But in the men, it's this deeply ingrained. I'm gonna fuck with your head until yeah. you know. Yeah, I think. Um. So. Going back to like this episode, mm-hmm. Morgan has just manipulated Mr. Feeney. She's a four-year-old girl who already knows how to manipulate that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen it in plenty of kids. But like, this, this whole episode started with Eric talking about how he manipulated his parents. So oh, that's true. That is true. A lot of manipulation going on, really. Yeah. But none as gross as right. as the impound lot. Like, right. It was definitely these girls are just like, okay, like, can can we get the car? So he gives them the slip. He signs the car out, mm-hmm. hands the girl the slip. This girl turns around and is like, you didn't need us, huh? And Eric's like, no, I'm so sorry I said that. Like, whatever. And she's like, well, guess what? And she rips the paper up. Yes, she does. And then the Camaro comes and picks the girls up. Mm-hmm. So it was all for naught. It was all just to make people feel bad. Not even just feel bad. I felt angry. I feel angry right now. Like, that is... If Aubrey ever... If just... I ever found out that she was manipulating people and doing stuff like that. Oh my goodness, it's so bad. Or Caden. Or Caden or, or Finley. Like... But... I think it's different because girls learn to do it on a more sexual level. Like, girls learn to use their, like, femininity to do it. Like, it's a more, it's a more, it's not as deep-seated as what you're talking about. It's so much more like a cosmetic uh, surface manipulation. Like, this was not a deep-seated manipulation. Right. It was a very, like, eh, okay, I really need this car out. And then, like, I'm going to give them the middle finger and leave. This wasn't some, like, deep-seated manipulation. Right. Which is why I think the other stuff is worse. Yes, but it's... It's... I don't know. It's so hard for me to explain. Like, this is something that's so almost... It's just accepted. This isn't looked at as that bad. It's way more accepted. Girls, Girls doing this to get what they want like is an acceptable thing i don't think it is i do i don't okay like i disagree i can cite 45 examples where i disagree okay go ahead no we're on a podcast that people don't care about our personal lives uh they do also we have like 20 listeners they don't care start citing if we're talking about uh instances where you're where it's deep-seated like we, no, I'm talking about things that are not deep But what I'm saying is, you're saying like these things are less accepted. But the reason that this was shown on TV is because it's chastised and everyone would hate it. Um, whereas the, the men that what I was referring to, the three men that I would say were, are the biggest manipulators we know, most people just let it go. Almost everybody we know is just like, eh, it's no big deal. It's not that bad. I mean, they, they get lauded for how great they are. But then when it comes down to it, everyone knows, like, yeah, there's some manipulation going on. Like, they just don't want to dig into it. That's true. 
So I think it's more accepted in these men because it's not sexual. No, I guess, no, you're, you are right. That's a very good point. I think I look at it as accepted because it's more like obvious where these are these deep seated things. People can say eh, something's off, but they can't quite put their finger on it. But if people know about it, and I know exactly what you're talking about, where they're like, yeah, they're manipulating, but they're also doing all of these good things. Mm-hmm. So they're not that bad. Right. And it's just like, what? Are you serious? They're like hurting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't I don't know that I agree. I, I get being upset about it. Like it sucked and they were awful. But that was the point. You were supposed to think they were awful. You did what? Uh, what was her name? Susan. Susan wanted you to do. And that's fine. That's how it's supposed to work. I love wrestling. And in wrestling, you're supposed to get mad at the people you're supposed to get mad at. That's true. Um. And there's so many times I've, we have those conversations where you'll be like, I hate him. And I'm like, you're supposed to. That's the point. He's doing a great job. Yeah. With wrestling, though, I love it when I hate someone that everyone's supposed to like. And you're like, really? And then like a week later, you're just like, oh, I hate this person, too. There was a point where we both loved like a very specific person. And now we both cannot stand her. And I think we're supposed to like her. Maybe. But... um yeah, I don't know. I, I love watching that in people. I, there's a guy at work who just always hates exactly... He comes in and he's like, well, did you see what happened on Raw last night? And I'm like, no, I didn't see it because I don't really watch that often. But um, he'll tell me what happened. He's like, I can't believe like they, they took they took Becky out of that match. Like, why would they do that? They're, because they want you to get like this and get upset about it. That's, duh. But whatever. It's fun to watch. I love the fake aspect of it. Um, anyway, Alden Boy Meets World. to be surface manipulated. Love it. It's his favorite. Boy Meets World. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Boy Meets World. This That was a commercial break. <laughs> so Feeney, Feeney walks in, in. As soon as the girls walk out to get on the Camaro, in the Camaro, Feeney walks in to save them. Uh, after he realized that the boys... Oh, wait, no. So, yeah, you're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Feeney walks in to save them. He has Morgan with him. He still has his earrings he on. He has his earrings on. And he starts arguing with the, the tow truck. or not the tow truck. The, the impound guy. The impound guy is like, uh, what did, what word did he say wrong? Uh, he was saying like, ah, geez. Ah, darn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't remember what the tow truck driver says, but it's something like, there ain't no way you're getting that car. And Feeney's like, aren't. Yeah, he corrects the impound lot guy. Um, this poor guy has dealt with a lot. And then mm-hmm. Mr. Feeney walks in wearing earrings and correcting his grammar. Yeah, this guy's dealing with a lot just because Eric... Decided he would go out on a date with two girls without a driver's license. Yeah. And park on a yellow curb. So maybe, maybe just drive better when you're, yeah. When you're, when you don't be have a license. Be more cautious. Like if you don't have a license, don't just be all like willy nilly yeah. out there parking in like handicapped spots. <laughs> um, Make your dates walk a little. Yeah. Cause they suck anyway. Yeah. Uh, but also don't go out with those girls again, Eric. Yeah. Eric, you're grounded. <laughs> Uh, so Feeney can't get the car back and the guy says, I told him he just needs to bring his license. And Mr. Feeney says, okay, Eric, give him your license. He says, I can't. And he says, okay, where's it at at home? I'll go get it and I'll bring it back. So Feeney's being fantastic. I'll go home and I'll get it for you and I will bring it back. Tell me where I can find it. Well, you, you won't find it there. 
Why not? Because he doesn't have a license. Uh, so Feeney freaks out. He's just about lost it with his evening. Um, they go home, right? And they walk in the door and Corey and Sean do not turn their movie off. Nope. They didn't realize that the door opened because they were so wrapped up in their murder movie. And Mr. Feeney looks over and says, what is this? And he rips the tape out of the VCR, which ruins the tape. And they're all freaking out about the tape when Amy and Alan walk in. Mm-hmm. And Corey's like, Mr. Feeney ruined my tape. And they're like, what tape? He's like, I shouldn't have said anything about the tape. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so they find out what it was and, and they get very upset that they snuck that in the house. And then Eric the walks in. The amount of anger about mm-hmm. this movie is incredible to me. I thought stuff like that only happened in like my house. No. no. Because like I was super sheltered and wasn't allowed to watch anything. No, any good parent would keep their kid from watching awful murder. They were like, you brought this in my house. You brought this filth in my home. You're dog meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Amy um, called Corey dog meat. I was like, what? What do you mean he's dog meat? He's like, I'm your son. And she's like, you're dog meat over a movie. Yeah, it was an awful movie. It was over a movie. uh, So then Eric comes in and um, he... Alan goes, you can't possibly be here. My car is not in the driveway. Why are you here? He says, I have to go get it from the impound. And he says, okay, come on, let's go. Let's go get it. Because Eric says, I have the money for it. I can pay for it. Don't worry about it. And his dad says, all right, let's go. Get in the car. And Mr. Feeney goes, actually, you'll need to take someone else with you, too. He's like, why? Because I need someone else to drive the car back. Yeah, he's like, someone needs to drive Amy's car and someone needs to drive your car. And he can't do it. He doesn't have a license. Yeah. So now they're losing it there. And Mr. Feeney at that point is like, so do I get paid for tonight? And they ignore him completely. So Mr. Feeney just walks out. So he never got paid for this. Yet he remains next door neighbors with them. I would have moved. Mm-hmm. I would have put a for sale sign in my front yard at this point in time. He has taken the earrings off at this point, though. Mm-hmm. Um, because after he found the tape, in the middle of the yelling about the movie, Corey's like, oh, you're wearing earrings. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to where you're just watching Amy and Alan talking to each other about what to do with these boys and their badness. And Amy makes a very, like, a very, very good point about the fact that she drives these kids everywhere all the time. And she also has a job and she also is expected to clean the house and she has to go do the grocery shopping, which doesn't make any sense because Alan works at a grocery store. Just and Alan's like, I help. And she like makes a face. Yeah. He says, I help. And she's just like, uh-huh. and then he's like, well, I try. And then she makes another face. That's so ungrateful. Um, well, he wasn't helping. You well, just maybe said he he's did. not, he's not bringing groceries home. But like, maybe she doesn't have to go to the grocery store. But she does. That's crazy. He yes. works at a grocery store. Yeah. So 
where are you going with this argument? I feel like she's lying. She's making it seem like she does more than she does. You hate women. No, it's, he's it's not, only the groceries. He's not bringing them home. That's crazy. Yeah. Agreed. <sighs> he's the one who sucks. Um, this is insane. Middle childs hate women. Um, I love women. They're great. I think I will love the Captain Marvel movie a lot because I love and support women. Okay. So, um, (laughs) so Amy gets upset about it and she says, we can't punish him and tell him he can't get his license. Like, I need this. Yeah. We need to punish him by making him get his license and driving to pick up all of the errands and take the kids anywhere they need to go. And I can just do nothing. So that's... So that's what they agree to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tell Eric, they hand him his uh, book for studying for his driver's test. And they're like, you're going to study this for the next two weeks and then you're going to go and you're going to pass your driving test and then you are going to be driving everyone around and doing what they want you to do. And they're like, okay. And then Corey's like, okay, what's my punishment? And they're like, well, you're going to watch TV for two weeks. He's like, yay. And they're like, educational television. He's like, no. And they sit him down in front of his TV, which why weren't Sean and Corey watching the movie up in their room in the first place? I don't know. It's probably a girl's fault. (laughs) Go on. And they put on, like, a documentary about nature, which is wonderful. And he's like, this is gross. They talked about poop. Mm -hmm. So for two weeks, he had to watch nature TV. And for two weeks, Eric had to study for his driver's test. I I sure hope they learned a lesson from those punishments. And then he got the license and then it shows him having to pick up all the dry cleaning and go to the store and then take Morgan somewhere and then take Corey somewhere. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I think... loved taking my siblings places once my I got my license. Really? Yeah. Like, I absolutely loved it. TJ, I think out it's Feeney. What did we learn? That he has so much patience mm-hmm. and so much grace. Mm-hmm. And he looks really good in earrings. He did look great in earrings. He, he rocked really those did. earrings. Probably those blue eyes. Yeah. Um, it made them sparkle. Morganism? I don't remember anything with Morgan in this episode. Except for her making Feeney right. dress up and but everything, there was, but there was no there like no, quippy right. thing. And even if there was, I think it would have been so buried by all. Like this was a very active episode. Like mm-hmm. there was so much. Both of these episodes, screen switching. I felt like with both of these episodes, they just had to. They ran out of time. And they were like, I don't know. Let's tie just, it up. Tie it up. Yeah, tie yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's a good thing, I guess. If you're writing so much that you don't know how to fit it all in it's it's as, as opposed to them stretching for no reason right um which i feel like in some of the earlier episodes they were stretching for no reason right now they're like cramming content in so i thought it was good yeah i loved both of these episodes i i actually remember watching the fugitive one mm-hmm. when i was really young the hash slinging slasher what hash slinging slasher <laughs> it's a spongebob reference it made me think of the hash slinging slasher. I don't remember that SpongeBob. What's wrong with me? It's like a. It's one of the only SpongeBob episodes that I loved. Uh, like, it's, welcome to SpongeBob SpongeCast, uh, <laughs> where they think there's a murderer out on the loose. So oh it's, yeah. 
SpongeBob is working the overnight shift and he keeps thinking he sees like something in like the. I want to watch SpongeBob now so bad. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I love SpongeBob. There's only one episode that I hate and it happens. Slash singing slasher episode. No, it's, it happens to be the one that every single time I turn SpongeBob on, it is this episode. I'm not even joking. It's the one where he gets the ick and the. Yeah. Like, it starts off as this little teeny tiny, like, green pile, like, on his arm, and he, like, mm-hmm. scratches it, and it spreads or whatever, and then he goes to work, and by the end of work, he's covered in this, like, green bubbly stuff, but then he also, like, is grilling hamburgers, and it gets on the hamburgers, and then it gets on the customers. Ugh, this... Oh, God, you sure this... do remember every aspect of this episode that you hate. That's because every single time I turn SpongeBob on, it is this episode. Every time I turned, I was turning on Paw Patrol for our nephew the other day, and on the app that we use for like TV channels, it plays like the last five minutes of the show that came on before the show that's DVR'd. And SpongeBob is one of the shows that comes on before a lot of the Paw Patrol episodes. And, like, three different Paw Patrol episodes had the ick episode end before it started. I'm sorry. It's a rough life. My life is so rough. Uh, So, anything else you like to add about these episodes? Um, no, not really. You want to talk about Spongebob for another 20 minutes? No, I just... Don't call your kids dog me. I don't know why that hit me so hard. I don't hard. know why either, because Corey was in trouble and he should have been. Yeah. They Maybe s- it's because it was just for a movie. like. But it was a bad movie that would not be good for them. Like, who knows what was in that movie, but it was definitely lots and lots of gratuitous violence and probably sex because there's a few points where you can hear the girls talking and they're like, oh, no. That's true. So I don't, I think she was had every right to be upset about it. And saying dog meat is far less worse, far less worse than some of the things that we've said and heard other people say. Maybe it was just coming from her. Like I've, we've watched. This is the 18th episode that we've watched where she's kind of been like, "I'm chill, I'm cool," and then she's like, "You watched a horror movie? You're dog meat." Yeah, I don't. It was weird to me. But... Go, go, Amy. Is all I'm saying. Girl power. <laughs> I like I all for Amy most of the time for some reason like maybe it was the way she delivered that particular line that I was just like oh yeah. I don't like it we disagree a lot in these episodes that's true okay anything else I don't think so okay make sure you always call your kids dog meat is all I'm saying <laughs> don't don't listen to Alden he's very bad at at understanding Mr. children Feeny murders children is that our outro. <laughs> no. And remember, class, Mr. Feeney murders children. I don't know. We'll see how much this plays out. This is the first time I've had this moment where I've been like, oh, like it all hit me. Um, I definitely, before we even started talking about it, uh, thought something weird was happening. Like they happen to be reading this story. It happens all the time in these classes where they happen to be doing this exact same thing. And obviously it's a TV show. But... Um, I don't know. It just is a deeper conspiracy. And then I realized that the kids are always different. So I don't know. We'll see how this plays out in the future. Topanga wasn't really at the forefront of either of these episodes. We saw her like as a little smidge in The Fugitive. 
I don't even remember that. She's talking to Minkus after Sean shows up at Corey's house and they're talking about the incident. They're like, what did Sean do? Oh, I heard he did blah, blah, blah. And then literally that's it. Well, Minkus was barely barely in them either. Yeah. Like, it was just, there was too much going on in these episodes. Thank yeah. God they didn't try to add more into them. Yeah, it would I have ended, them, though. It would have ended in the middle. Minkus is always like a, like a bright spot in the middle of all the chaos. Mm-hmm. He kind of lightens things up some. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's about it for this week. Yeah, I think we've been recording for 85 hours. It's been five years. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us. Um, follow us at BMGMBMW on Twitter. Um, we you said that so fast, I just had to think for a second to see if you had actually gotten all the letters. BMGMBMW. Good job. Uh, you can find us up there. Um, you can email us at BMGMBMW at gmail.com, but I f- keep forgetting that I should check that because, I don't know. Who's my mom's going to email there? Um, <laughs> otherwise, thank you guys for joining us and supporting us and being cool and class dismissed. Yeah. Mm-hmm.